Welcome to On the Shoulders of Giants. On today's episode, we have with us Donna Amber, also known as Humble Healer. Donna teaches sacred yoga, which is a multi-level asana flow combined with spiritual affirmations and healings. This takes place every Friday at 6 p.m. at Community Ohm, 400 West Jericho Turnpike. She is a 200-hour certified yoga teacher and is the hostess and creator of her breathwork ceremony with sound healing. This takes place periodically at the same location, 400 West Jericho Turnpike. She also provides this service for private sessions as well as private breathwork, empowerment, and yoga sessions. Thank you for being with us, Donna. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. So tell me about the breathwork, because as I know you, that's where you started with your journey. Yes. It was in, I would say, probably my late 40s that I started suffering. I had anxiety my whole life. I just didn't realize that's exactly how I was operating, being anxious and stressed and living in fear all the time until... It got to be too much in my late 40s where everything started to crash down around me and I started to have really severe panic attacks. And the panic attacks were making my life like really unbearable. It started where I couldn't get on a plane, then I couldn't get on a train, then I couldn't go over a bridge, and then I couldn't get in my car, and then I became agoraphobic Mm. and I was locked in my home, in my own mind. I couldn't leave. I knew I had to do something, and it's when I finally like kneeled down on the ground and prayed to God, higher power, somebody show me the way out of this. And I heard the word like enough. Like, I just Mm -hmm. heard this, like, word enough, and that enough made me just sit up and go, you know what, I'm going to do whatever it takes to finally, like, heal whatever is going on in my Mm -hmm. life and with myself. And that's when I started to be brought to breath work, which was Mm -hmm. the first thing that I experienced that kind of just, like, blew me open. Like, I had no idea what it was. It's a different type of breath work where you have eye masks on, you lay down, and it's subconscious work, but it's going back into the body where we hold all the stress and tension and limited core beliefs and trauma. And I felt from that first session, I felt like someone actually like was on, like stabbed me in my stomach, threw my mask off, and I was like, what the heck? But I felt like after it was over, that breath, that active conscious meditation and being in my body and out of my mind, was a big shift for me. Like I felt it right away and I said, this is something. And then I did it for every week. I just went, I knew that I was gonna do this in my life and somehow, because it changed me so much. I mean, just to fast forward quickly to present times, as I know you, it's hard to imagine you as shut an in-home person (laughs) because of how extroverted you are. Oh my God. It's such a characteristic I define with you is such a open. Thank you an open-hearted person. So clearly that process worked for you. Um, And it was one of many things. Like that was the start of, wow, I got to do something. And Mm -hmm. I finally said yes to myself. But it was powerful from the first session. And so I knew that this was something special. And it was brought to me for a reason. And now I know why, but yeah. How did you go from that to, was it like a quick decision that you was like, oh, I have to teach this? Or did you come to the conclusion that you want to teach it? Or, or I didn't know, like in the beginning, all I did was take the classes and did what I had to do to heal myself. And I was so like committed to it. I, I was 20000 in debt. I was at a law firm that was really toxic and abusive mm-hmm. in this particular position I was in. And the universe was nudging me out of everything. But I was like, no, I'm a single mom. I have to stay here. I have to make the money. And, you know, I finally, when I was able to just start to invest in myself and do whatever it took to heal, 
I quit my job, I found Soul Camp, like everything mm -hmm. just started to line up. And I eventually ended up moving to Long Island when I quit my job and did much healing, you know, just kept healing myself. And then through the healing, I was like, you know what? Like, what am I gonna do? How am I gonna give my message out there? Like, who am I gonna be? Mm -hmm. Besides, you know, humble healer, who I was just always, felt like always held space for others because I care about people and I don't want them to suffer because I've suffered a long time and I didn't want other people to suffer. There happened to be a workshop for uh, teacher training for the uh, breath work coming up. And I was like, here we go. Perfect. That was my sign. You touched on it briefly, Soul Camp. That's how we met. Yes. Tell me like the timeline of that. How'd you find that? Was that through the breathwork stuff? No, or? the breathwork was just the first thing that I went to when I was in complete panic and I crawled out of my house because I knew I needed help. And I went there and I felt that energy release in my body. I think it was from that, just saying yes and committing mm -hmm. to myself. Then all of a sudden, soul camp came up. Then the next thing came. Like it just, the universe just it started. It was just like a series of. Yeah. It's, I said yes markers, yeah. to me and choosing mm. me and whatever it took. I didn't have money for any of it. <laughs> I just said F it. I got to do what it takes. But I think that's a powerful point. We do need to take that time and space around our own healing and getting to know who we are and what we truly want and desire. And it all just went click, 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 click. And it's still yeah. clicking. <laughs> still clicking away. Still clicking away. <laughs> the soul camp thing. Tell me, tell me what that is. It tell changed me. my life. Yeah. Like, it really changed my life. I was in the corporate job five years. I had an attorney who was yelling at me every day. It was like I was sitting in this powerless state. I was $20,000 in debt. I did not have the support of friends at the time. I had a long-term relationship that was just not good. Mm -hmm. And somebody posted on Facebook, you should go to this. What? Soul Camp? What? <laughs> and I felt it in my gut. And I was like, you know what? I had no vacation time, nothing. No way to get there. It was all that. But it was so such a strong yes in my body. I said, I'm, I'm going to go to this. And I got on a bus because I was afraid to drive. I can't even believe I got on a bus at that time <laughs> in my life. I walked in to Soul Camp, which was 200 amazing like-minded people and you're camping in cabins, and it's all these spirituality workshops, but it blew me open. Like, I go, here are my people! Because <laughs> I always felt like the weird one, the one who didn't belong, and I was just trying to be that people pleaser. Will you like me? Right. And I just didn't have a sense of belonging, which I still struggle with a little bit. And everyone there was talking about how they quit their corporate job, and they chose their own path, and... I was like leaning in and I kept just leaning in like, what? You can do that? And at the time, I was such in the lack mentality that I was driving around in an old truck that broke down like once a month. The tow truck driver knew my name. Like it was ridiculous. <laughs> I was almost having a relationship with a tow truck driver because he saw me all the time. I was so afraid to get a better vehicle, to have mm. a car payment. It, I was just such in this stress and lack. And I went to Soul Camp and I said, you know what? I'm going to go home and buy myself a new car. And I can't even believe to this day that I did it. And I did. Wow. I went home. The check engine light was on my truck. I drove to Newark and I went to this car dealer and I bought myself for the first time ever a new car. Wow. And I still have it all this time. What is it? Six years. And I get in that car to this day and it makes me happy. And it's a little oh. Ford whatever. <laughs> I don't right. even know. Like, it's like a little car. It doesn't even matter. But it meant something because I said no more lack and mm -hmm. I chose me. 
and the heated seats. <laughs> <laughs> it had to have the heated seats. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So what's what was the next step in your journey? After you did Soul Camp, you've had the breathwork experience. Was this when you started to teach or was this during that process? It was all during the mm-hmm. process. I think after the breathwork, I felt that. I went to Soul Camp. And then immediately after Soul Camp, I was so in love with all my soul sisters in my bunk. And I felt that women thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I need to keep this. And I started doing little like soul camp brunches with mm-hmm. the women and then soul camp retreats with the women. And so it was like almost like bringing me to what my purpose was. Right. And it was like practice, like do the retreats. And then I went to Reiki and I started to be, I'm a Reiki practitioner. And it just, every step of whatever I needed to do to heal kind of brought me to the next healing after all that what was the next step in your journey i think the the bold move that Mm -hmm. i made was leaving queens and my like really good paying secure job Mm -hmm. that was toxic i think jumping out of that and like i was alone for 17 years with my daughter like i wasn't living with anyone i was done with all that and i met somebody at a healing workshop which is bobby who was the most supportive person like i've never felt that in my life like i Mm -hmm. was I lost my mom when I was four and I was in different homes and it was just a lot of not feeling safe and not belonging stuff. And when I met him, I was like, wow, what is this? What had happened by meeting him, it gave me a platform to leave the job and step into Long Island in a safe space and live with someone, which I haven't done in 17 years, which is amazing and challenging and triggering all at the same time. Um, But it was the most growth and through like that support, I was able to just be with myself and heal and start to create my business of how do I want to hold space for people to feel really seen, heard, and know that they matter and that it doesn't matter what has happened to you in your childhood Mm -hmm. because I had a lot of trauma and still work on that to this day, but that you can change it. I left it all behind and just took the chance on myself. And it was bold and scary <laughs> and no regrets because mm. it brought me like exactly where I'm at. So you you put yourself into your your own business yeah. and you were offering these breath works and these sessions. How did you find yourself gravitating more towards like the yoga world beyond just the breath work and the healing? That was all an accident, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> So I have always been like, you know, I've been on my own since I'm 16. So I always had to work like three jobs. Mm-hmm. I put myself through college when my daughter was young and always just um, I'm a hustler. And then I went into I was teaching aerobics and body sculpting and then I became a spin teacher. And so I was always into fitness. And so and I moved out here. One of the side jobs I got was a spin teacher. And so I was always people love my class like they loved it because the energy that I brought into the room Mm -hmm. and I just had a little twist of spirituality in Mm -hmm. it. It was an amazing experience, but at the time I always offered too much, pushed too hard. I didn't know like to be more grounded and Mm -hmm. uh, surrender. I didn't know those words. I was always like, get it done, you know, because I felt like my whole life I just had to get it done. I didn't have that space of time to relax and feel grounded. And there was one particular day I was teaching my class and all my students were in there and it was amazing and my mic broke. And I went, oh, that's a sign. Because Bobby would say to me, you push too hard, you work too hard, this is too much. Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. relax, slow down. But I couldn't. I couldn't get off the hamster wheel <laughs> in any way in my life. And so my mic broke that day, and I, I said to class, I go, this is my last class. I, like, it just uh, fell uh, out of my mouth. I was like, oh, my God, I think this wow. needs to be my last class. Like, I listened to the universal signs. 
and I, I never went back and I was on I went to the beach like probably I don't even know maybe a month later and I saw these group of people like with instruments and it was at Crab Meadow and I was like what is that and it was interesting so I like I'm gonna walk over and I sat down on a blanket and I was like what is this <laughs> this is amazing who are these people and it was Kirtan mm-hmm. and Barry walked over with a flyer from the Funky Home. Three classes for $30. I was like, oh, I hate yoga. <laughs> you, get, you don't even sweat. It sucks. It's so boring. And I was like, I had all this judgment yeah. on it. For those who don't know, Barry is also one of the teachers at the Funky Home. I love Barry. Yes. <laughs> and so she handed it to me, and I was like, okay. And I said, you know what? What do you have to lose? And I came, and it was the right, at the right time. Yeah. I go, ooh. I think I love it. I think I love it. And it really just brought me back into my body and back to the breath. And uh, yeah, so grateful for it. So how was your experience during your 200-hour training? Having this this background of the breath work and the knowledge that you had that, how was that? Did you find a lot of did it open up certain workings in that area? Did it change the way you teach that practice? Yeah. I mean, this type of breath work that I do is more subconscious. It's not alternate nostril breathing. That's mm-hmm. not what we learned. It was more about working with the subconscious, like theta healing and all that. Mm-hmm. I'm also certified in that. And in the 200-hour training, the best part about it was, because I have this sense of not belonging from not having parents and Mm -hmm. growing up the way I did, is that the community that I walked into at the Funky Home was what my soul needed. And there's nothing like it. Like, I could just, it makes me smile every time I think about 200-hour training. And I actually went there like, well, I'll bring in, you know, you know, I'll know people, I'll know more people, and I'll tell them about the breath work. And it was more like I had that mindset of, like, I'm going to offer something because mm-hmm. that's how I kind of operate, offering too much of myself. <laughs> and I went there, and I was like, oh, no, this is for you to receive. And I got quiet. And I didn't, like, usually I'm about making friends and making people feel comfortable and that they matter, and I didn't. It was the first time I just sat my little ass down and received and learned and studied and listened to Millard and Leslie and learned more about surrender. And it really changed my life. Like it was just the most, probably one of the most impactful things I've ever done mm-hmm. besides soul camp. And my breath work, I, pr- I try to bring into the sacred yoga because, mm-hmm. I mean, I call it sacred yoga because I feel like I try to set up the room in a way that when you walk in, your nervous system just calms down by the mm-hmm. atmosphere of the incense and the candles and the low lights and the music and the crystal bowls. And, you know, it's just this sense of peace. But in this slow flow and strength, there's release of sound mm-hmm. and breath. Because I feel like we're all trying to keep it together and we're trying to be like nice and be perfect. And I want people to really let go. I've taken your class a couple times now. And there will be specific times where I will go specifically to your class because I know this is what I need in my practice. Yeah. And you you offer the room to every single one of your students to be to be who they are. Exactly. That's clear in your message. And to be messy. Yeah. yeah. And to show up who you are wherever you're at. And that we're all going to hold space for each other. It's not mm-hmm. even me. It's everyone in the room holding space for each other. Right. That is so powerful. You, you almost, in a certain way, make it interactive. Where I've seen other teachers, other teachers will teach the class and they have a connection to the students. You offer, 
you're along the journey with your students during the class. And that's how I live my life. I always even sit with my clients when I have private Mm -hmm. sessions. And I'm just like, I just learned this, and now I'm going to offer it to Mm. you. I just learned about boundaries in a major way. And now I guess what I get to offer it to you because I'm healing too. I'm not above you. Mm-hmm. I am right with you on the path. Mm-hmm. And it's the truth because as I learn, I hold space for others to learn. <clears throat> Do you want to talk about the boundaries thing? Oh, yeah. yeah. Ooh, powerful. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm pretty empowered, but I've had a lot of trauma. So the trauma has set me up to have certain conditionings that sometimes I don't even realize I am operating from. And so I didn't realize how off my boundaries were. I went to, like, I started to feel like some things, you know, going around me with certain people. And I'm like, this is really off. And I'm feeling like not myself. And this, when I'm around this person or this thing, like, I am not happy. And, but I'm just trying to be the light and the love and and keep the energy cool. And wasn't realizing that I get to go, "Mm, this ain't working no more for me. And that I get to, to be like a full body no to things. Mm. Even just, you know, have someone having a conversation and venting and venting. Even something like that, I didn't realize that I'm taking on the energy because right. I don't have enough of that shield to deflect it yet because I'm such an energy person that it was depleting me. And that I had to be like, it stops today. The way we're interacting stops today, which was so hard for me and uncomfortable because mm. it's a really close person. But so empowering. And then I went to a workshop because the universe is also perfect, setting everything <laughs> up exactly when I need it. And I went to Nancy Levin and Gabby Bernstein and what she said to me about boundaries and that it's not anyone else's job to hold the boundary. It's your job to hold the boundary. Mm-hmm. And, the, and of course, you teach people how to treat you. But the way that she said it to me, I like left there like, I'm going to be a boundary badass. And then all of a sudden, all the lessons started to pour in. Yeah. About setting yeah. boundaries. I was like, oh, why did I say that? <laughs> I'm like, damn it. Oh, man, in practice. <laughs> and things like I wouldn't even expect, like people coming over and, and being a way that I never expected. And I had to like set the boundary in a, like, mm. in a hard way. But I was like, not in my house. Otherwise, usually I probably would have sat there and been like, oh, be nice. You know, you don't want to upset others. You don't want to make this awkward and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But I was like, no. How do you find people reacting to them you setting those boundaries because i know for me and probably a lot of other people the fear is always Mm -hmm. how is this person going to react and it's my fear too because before i set the boundary i was trembling in my body so bad that that's how i knew like i went to go get a drink of water because i was like what is happening right now why is this person acting like this in my house nothing horrible but not cool it wasn't cool I went to grab a water, glass of water behind me, and the water was, like, shaking in the glass. And I was like, oh, my God, I am, I am in a trauma response right now. And it actually was perfect because I got to see, wow, you got you to clear this. You got to go do some breath work to clear this out of your body. Because whoever shows up is there to teach you a lesson. But my thing growing up was always fearing reaction because I grew up in different people's houses. And if I didn't act cute and funny and adorable and, and expressed or I gave any trouble, I would be moved to the next place. I always had that fear of that. And so my life has been being the fun girl, the nice girl, don't rock the boat, don't express anything, because there's a lot of danger in that. Because it was true. There was a lot of danger in that. I was the biggest people pleaser, had no boundaries. And through empowering myself, I've learned to be better with that, but still not clear on the boundaries. It wasn't clear enough. But now, 
I am like in such a self-love practice and spending a lot of time alone. I have a house, like I kind of live in community living a little more. I've mm -hmm. created that. But I have like the downstairs haven where I like stay. That's your space. That's yeah. my space. And it helped me to unhook from caring like, what are you doing? Are you upset? Are you? It's that outside. I kept going outside. And it gave me that space and time to go, no, how do you feel in your body? Enough time and space to unhook to then when I needed to, to set the boundary, I was like, okay with it. Cause I'm good alone now mm -hmm. where before I wasn't good alone. Now I'm like, I'm so freaking good alone that you can go if you need to go. Cause I'm setting this loving boundary. You can go. And that's where the freedom lies. And that's what I want to help people feel because there's a lot of, there's takers and there's, you know, we teach people how to treat us. So if we're operating from being too nice or too, you know, not having boundaries and trying to do too much for others, like, that really jacks us up in our system, in our body, in our nervous system. Mm -hmm. And it, I think it causes like depression and anxiety yeah. and panic. And, and I want to hold space for people to be like, I feel like that's who I am. I continue to free myself. That's what I want to help reflect back to people. Like you can be free too. Have you found that, because it seems like we're talking about boundaries now and I kind of like it. Mm -hmm. Have you found that the work that you've done with yoga and breath work complements the boundary setting is that part of the healing process that you offer for people i think what i try to do is like in my yoga classes i try to whatever i'm going through i try to bring a little bit of that into mm -hmm. it and i did a class i subbed a class the other day and it was just so perfect because there was like four i think four women in it mm -hmm. i just had this boundary setting thing happen the night before so my body was still like off I'm right. still a little off and I noticed even like I was a little stuttery not a little stuttery but just there was like a few words I tripped on but I was like yeah. wow I'm really like I was really affected by that yeah. last night and so I got to bring that vulnerability into class and just in my dharma just like talk about how I just experienced that you know I wasn't holding good boundaries in my life and how that felt in my body and just sharing that little bit and then through class just you know doing poses like high lunge but rising up in this powerful mm. stance and feel that in your body and that you know like things like that I just try to create in the mm -hmm. class and then even at the end of the class I felt like they were all in it with me so much and they knew that I had a story to tell and that I was being vulnerable and open and that they were holding space for me. And at the end of class, like I felt that. And I said, thank you for holding space yeah. for me. Well, that's that touches upon like what I, I said about your class earlier is that you, you're along the journey with them. You're not necessarily leading them. Not to say that that's a bad thing mm -hmm. either, but you're, you embody a part of the practice where you are not an ego-driven teacher. Mm -mm. the way you offer your class it's it's never i have everything together and you should follow me i'm kind of figuring this out on exactly. my own too <laughs> yeah and <laughs> i think people yeah. are really drawn to that yeah. and i try to make it different you know mm -hmm. and like one time i remember recently i did the yoga practice we did class in a circle oh. and i was really nervous because i'm like i don't know this I, every time <laughs> every friday i wanted to try it but i'm like no too many people forget right, it right. abort <laughs> i was like no and so this one time i was like just do it just do it and there was about 12 people and we were all in a circle and i had everyone in hero's pose in the front of their mat and just quietly and everyone had to kind of like look at each other i said mm. you know like raise your head up catch the gaze of somebody in the room connect and then i had each person just say with one word or one sentence how do you feel in your body and it was so interesting because everyone's like 
stressed, anxious, tired, nervous, that, you know, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And then we, you know, and when they got to me, I shared too, and I said, I'm really, really nervous because I never taught class like this, and I don't want to, like, make a mistake or, you know, not be a good teacher. Mm -hmm. And I, like, felt the love lean in. Like, I was like, right. ah, that was so yummy. And then we did the flow, and it was amazing and beautiful, and we were all in it together. And the fact that we were all kind of facing each other was kind of cool. And then at the end, before Shavasana, I had everyone kneel at the front of the mat. How do you feel in your body? One word or sentence. Empowered, strong, mm. ready. I was like, I love yoga. Because <laughs> it's not about me, right? right? It's about everyone in the room, and I'm just kind of guiding it so we can just like really be here as a community and share an experience together and leave here feeling better. This, this offering that you've created for the space with your students, mm -hmm. you also do this on retreats. Can you tell me a yes. little more about the retreats? So I think I've been doing retreats for about four years. It started with mm -hmm. the Soul Camp Sisters. And what I've noticed on the retreats is it's the most powerful thing I've ever, it's like the Soul mm -hmm. Camp experience. When you're taken out of your life and you're put into this situation with a group of people, of course with the right facilitator, I have people sync up right away. We're here to like be close and connected and support one another. It's the most beautiful experience and I've seen so many shifts in it. Especially for me, I'm drawn more to, to the women's retreats, but I've had some mm -hmm. magical ones with the masculine is so important, you know, to help women heal, to help them heal. So we've done both, but I lean more towards the women's retreat. And putting the breath work and the yoga I'm a little bit about helping women free themselves of body shame. We had this one house where we had a creek, you know, where we did beautiful like mud on each other and, and beautiful affirmations speaking into each other. But just to be taken out of your life and experience this nourishment and this kind of deep connection, I feel is life changing. I love to give retreats. Like I am, I feel like my gift is a good to be a space holder for other people. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's truly my gift so they can feel seen. How many retreats have you facilitated? I try to do three to four a year. Mm -hmm. I took a little bit of time off because I was like really teacher training and yeah, I was just yeah. on the go. So I took a little time off. But I love to do like a winter one, a spring one, a summer one, and a fall mm -hmm. one. You know, and I love Woodstock. That's usually where I gravitate yeah. towards. But I want to start to do them maybe in Sedona, eventually Costa Rica, and just travel with the amazing people seeing the world in beautiful sacred space mm. with each other. Do you have any like any uh, not fun stories but any powerful stories about this work during one of those retreats that you want to share? Well, there was like this one time that sticks out cuz it was it was just a lot of fun. We had we you know, we were all sitting. We had the creek behind our house, this beautiful amazing creek at Woodstock, and we were painting. I had everybody go get rocks the heaviest rock that they could find. <laughs> and I wanted them to carry this rock around everywhere they went on their retreat because I wanted them to be a symbol of the baggage that they right. pick up every day and carry with them. You know, the limited core beliefs, the lack, like what do you pick up every day and carry with you? And so we did that and then they were like, this is a pain in the ass, why are you making us do that? But they started to understand the metaphor of it. Right. And then we, at the end of the retreat, we painted on them what we were ready to release. You know, people painted these amazing like on these big rocks, amazing things like shame and perfectionism. Wow. And I was like, we can't throw these rocks in the river. <laughs> these are too good. We can't release these. But we did. And we walked mm. down with our heavy rocks. And I was drumming behind them. And it was like this beautiful sacredness. Like 
this probably isn't funny, but it just really stands out in my body, like, wow, this is so special. Mm-hmm. And they were marching down to the water to release this shit. And we did a ceremony, and then each person would go up towards the water and try to, like, throw this damn rock, but it was so heavy. <laughs> and, you know, we said, like, what are you ready to release? And they would say everything on their rock, and some people needed help holding their rock. Like, it was just a beautiful experience with water and all the elements, you know, yeah, of yeah. earth and grounding. And I could just see people feel freer in that moment. Yeah. And that, like, just really opens my heart. And there are funny experiences, too. So much laughter and right. so much joy and tears. It's just, it's just like feeling all your emotions and letting it be held in this container. It's just it's so freaking yummy. Yeah. I just love it. <laughs> Do you have any any retreats that are upcoming that are? I'm hoping for a spring one. I'm looking for like a special house in, um, if not definitely the summer, but I'm I'm yeah. on the hunt for. I like it to have like a really certain vibe to it up at Woodstock, but definitely the summer. Tell me a little more about the sound healing because we haven't really touched <clears throat> upon that yet. Yeah, the sound healing I do with Bobby. That's my partner. We have beautiful crystal bowls and gongs and Tibetan chakra aligning bowls that go on the body, which are really, really powerful. The sound healing, we usually always have breath work with sound healing, but sometimes we do the sound healing alone and we're going to do a little bit of like restorative yoga with mm-hmm. sound healing. It's a beautiful way to just completely calm the autumn especially engages the parasympathetic system to calm the nervous system and take you on a journey out of the mind and just really completely relax into the body it's like i feel like it's vibrational medicine you know our bodies are made of water and to have the vibration penetrate our bodies especially with the body bowls Um, we do private sessions with the body bowls as well which is really super powerful and you put that with the breath work like Oh my God. People sit up from these sessions and they go, what the F? (laughs) And so like, it's such an honor to hold space for that Mm. because you could see it right away. You could see like people are letting things go or shifting that trauma that had happened to them a long time ago and being freer. What does the future hold for you, Donna? Like what, what is the next direction? Do you have a clear direction on where you're going next? Is there something that you're looking forward to? Or is there something that you're looking to engage with more learnings in? Starting 300-hour forest yoga at the Root Yoga and Gathering Space in mm-hmm. Oakdale with Leslie Perlman, who's a guardian of Anna Forest. And I felt it in the 200-hour training when I read Fierce Medicine because her story is a lot like mine. I lost mm-hmm. my mom you know, to a drug overdose, and my dad left after that. There was a lot of death around me and drugs and alcohol and sexual abuse and da-da-da. It mm-hmm. just went on and on. When you're not, when you're not around your parents... You're not protected. Right. And so I was like, Anna Forrest, I, f- I resonate with her so much. And I knew it. Like in teacher training, like it was like early in, I held up the book and I go, I'm going to do this. <laughs> and Millard said, oh, well, you might want to wait on that. <laughs> you know, you're new yep. and you don't know just, you know, yet what you're going to do. And I'm like, that's true. Let me just yeah. sit back. And But I knew it. I was really fortunate enough to receive a scholarship that you know the universe provided in a way that I will be able to go mm-hmm. and learn something that I felt in my body yoga for you know it's a lot to do with emotions and feelings yeah. and trauma and so it's so aligned with what I need to heal still and, and, and it's gonna, aligned with the work that you do totally. already and I feel like that's going to be like everything that I continue to heal that I'm going to bring into people's lives and hold space for them to heal and that's just like another part and then to travel you know and do yoga treats you know wherever i want to like explore with beautiful people 
you know, that want to grow and shift and, and really like I feel like connection, um, we're all so disconnected and a little bit of my gift is I help people to connect each other by like eye gazing mm-hmm. and just holding space for each other. Like I don't like phones around, you know, even in my right. home when I have people over, I have a no phone zone because we're all so disconnected and we're so hungry for intimacy and connection mm-hmm. that I try to hold space people to feel that and I think I do a pretty damn good job is there anything else that is going on in your journey beyond that or is there is there anything else that you have your eyes on my vision and I know it's coming I'm not sure how is to own a retreat home because we sort of have like a retreat home we have people like I just had two people come over today and I serve nourishing food and then we do a little pull oracle cards and then I do a little heart healing thing and then sound healing and everybody leaves better And so I want that to be bigger. I want that to be this big, beautiful home in nature where some people live with us. It's a community lifestyle. What we have, and they share their gifts, where people come in for retreats from around the world. And it's just a place that is what I call the sanctuary, where we could step out of our lives, because that's what Soul Camp did for me. I stepped out of my chaos and stress and people-pleasing life that I was not happy in and had four days of bliss. Like, I didn't even know what bliss was. I felt like I was high on drugs for four days. I was like, (laughs) what is this? I don't even know what this is because I was always so anxious and I was depressed and sad and disappointed in my life and what has happened in my childhood that by just taking me out of that and giving me that those days to feel something different and that I could create and bring this home with me is what I want to offer to people. They have this safe haven to go to or live that. Come that's, on. That's the vision. That's my vision. Yeah. For 50 some years, I was really stressed, mm-hmm. anxious, and I had all these behaviors and conditioning that didn't serve me. And it was due to a lot of stuff that has happened to me as a child. But I've come to understand that that all has happened for a reason because I wouldn't be who I am and I wouldn't be able to serve the way I do. So what has ever happened to anyone out there that they feel like, well, you don't understand my story. I can't change because of this. If I can do it, you can do it. I didn't think that I would ever get out of that life that I created of panic and stress and people pleasing and being in the wrong job and around the wrong people. But it took choosing myself and committing to myself and learning what self-love was because I didn't even know what love was. And when you say yes, the universe is going to back it up. My life, I hope, is a turn that mess into a message, turn your pain into purpose, because that's what I feel like I'm here to do. I'm just here to inspire and help free people from the prison of their minds, because that's really what it is. It's all about being in the mind instead of being in the heart and in the body and in flow. Thank you for being on with us, Donna. Again, you you can find Donna 400 West Jericho Turnpike at Community Ohm Fridays at 6 p.m. for Sacred Yoga, the multi-level flow. And please keep an eye out for any workshops that she's running and whatever. And Humble Healer on Instagram, mm -hmm. Donna Amber on Facebook. My pages are always inspirational and it's kind of always what I'm going through and just sharing it with others. Absolutely. And thank you for joining us on today's episode. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you, Spirit Namaste. Dina. Namaste. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>